All right, well, shit, we're up, man. All right, tell me when we're ready. We're ready? We're going. Welcome to the Not Guilty Inc. podcast, the first ever podcast from a rehabilitation center in Fullerton, California, Hermosa Sobriety House, for the most part. Anyway, we're here in the studio. We're going to start off by introducing our boy who will remain silent today. We got Tino from Chicago engineering this whole thing. Chi-Town. We got AV and JT. We got Damien coming in. And Damien. Yeah. How you doing, bro? Doing good, man. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good, dude. I'm truly blessed. Truly blessed to be here in California in rehab, bro. I've never seen myself coming to this, bro. Where are you from, JT? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Tell us about that. How'd How'd you end up in... In Southern California. Bro, listen. If I'm going to tell you the whole story, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know, all right? I was fucking strung out on methamphetamine <laughs> <laughs> and uh, needed to come to rehab, bro. So I fucking loaded up everything I own, man. I was in a fucking stolen fucking Duramax, put two motorcycles in the back, and, uh, bro, just headed Wait a minute, west. wait a minute. So you're high. You, you just, Why did you decide you wanted to get clean or get help? Because it was getting bad, bro. I was going to go back to prison. I mean, it was going to be all bad. Oh, wait a minute. Prison? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so you did. had just gotten out of prison? Yeah, bro. I, well, I'd been out for like a year, and I just did five calendars in, in Oklahoma. And uh, bro, like, like where they took your picture and shit, and you were like on the, oh. each page of the month? Or oh, what? yeah. Stripped down, lift your sack, all that, bro. Five calendars, five years? Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy, man. Uh, I seen some wild shit in there. Okay, so tell us. We'll go back to that. Tell us more about your trip to fucking California. Well, allegedly, when I stopped in Arizona. Allegedly. Allegedly. I uh, was pulled over at a rest stop, and an Arizona state trooper started knocking on my window. And uh, allegedly, I had a little sack of methamphetamine in my hand. Long story short, bro, he ended up yanking me out of the car, getting arrested. And then two days later, I bonded out because of COVID. And, uh. Caught a flight up here, bro, and I've been here ever since, man. I'm 90 days clean and uh, feeling great, bro. Congratulations. When's your, uh, what? So, so what's your sobriety date? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah, bro. All right, man. Yeah. How you liking the program here? Love it, bro. Life-changing. Life-changing, dude. Uh, I programmed through these two guys named Tim and Jeff from uh, Virtual Recovery Solutions, and uh, bro, they're game changers. Yeah, and just for the record, I'm in that program along with JT. Our engineer back here, our silent partner in this whole thing, Valentino Tino from Chicago is also in the program from Chi-Town. So let's uh, let's now let's turn it over to uh, Damion, aka Pon Ponicito, as they called him in high school. But what's I'll let that you mean, tell bro? That story. What's up with that? What's, what's tell us called? a little bit about yourself, Damien. A little bit about myself. Well, first and foremost. I have a sobriety date of October 13th, 2020. You know, for that, I got my own understanding. It's all the credit. I'm from Southern California, Huntington Beach to be specific. And, uh, you know, I went through this program that these three gentlemen here are in right now. And, um, you know, they saw what I was doing when I finally graduated the program, like in my sobriety and in my life. And, you know, we're seeing the man that I became and and still becoming and they gave me a fucking opportunity to be here and work for the company so so you're currently employed for with resurgence currently yes which is the company that runs this rehabilitation center amongst many others yes okay so how does that feel to be employed when did that start for you that started 
probably towards the mid-end of December, you know, I got in. I was real active with the alumni program here. I've been through this program two times, actually. How active? Pretty damn active. Oh, wow. <laughs> More active than I ever was on the streets. Did you pass your STD test? Uh, oh, I don't have so, to answer yeah, that. That's a HIPAA violation. Here. <laughs> Look, bro, whatever it is, six weeks, it'll be cleared up. You're good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dr. Tucker, I need some antibiotics. <laughs> Um, you know, I came here back in uh, January 2020 before all this COVID shit happened, and um, I was about five days out of jail. I just done a little bit of wine on time and came out and hit the streets running, and it got real bad real quick. And you know, I came into resurgence, and uh, you know, I've been through multiple different rehabs. I got caught in the body brokering cycle for a while, um, and like resurgence was the first place I came to. You know. Um, the gentlemen, these two guys were talking about, Tim and Jeff, you know, they started doing groups, you know, about what true masculinity is and, like, what it really means to, like, be a man and, like, how to conduct yourself properly. And, um, you know, I learned so much from those two, and I get to see one of them privately today since I'm employed and I actually have, like, money to do stuff now. And like you said, dude, it's just been a game changer. Like, I mean, from shooting dope in my neck or on the streets and fucking Stanton off of Beach and Chapman in a bush to, like, now I, like, read self-help books. I, like, drink tea at night. Like, uh, You're on a podcast? I, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> right. Like, Do you do any float, any float therapy? Any I have not yet, but um, I actually just downloaded Groupon on my new phone. And I got to uh, do that, bro. I got to do the float. You guys got to join you gotta me. do the float. Man, I've, listen, done, I've done it several times. There's one right Absolutely. down the street from my house in Huntington while my mom's house. Cause bro, when he comes back from, like, float therapy, you can just it's, see it all over. amazing. He's floating. Yeah, he's floating. Oh, he's yeah. Floating, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably makes your skin all soft, too, huh? You want to feel? I do. <laughs> Oh, oh, panecito, papi culo. So let me just let me just before we before we move on here. Um, as I met you, you were a staff member here when I first arrived here at this house, at Hermosa House, and uh, really cool guy. Clicked with you right away, and um, I remember one day you were down talking to the chef Ben, and um, you know we were just shooting the shit, and uh, you mentioned that there was some, you know. Mexicanos at your high school back in the day, <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this, buddy. And uh, and you you said that you know you asked me like why did the Mexicans at my school call me white bread? And I was like, well, what did they call you? Because that didn't really make sense to me. And you said um, you said that they called you what? Bon. Bon. And and your interpretation was that it meant. White bread. I thought bond means bread. So I, you know, putting just like Mexican and Mexican together, um, I immediately thought, wait a minute. Did you ever hear them say ocha after pan? No, remember I honestly that? didn't. No, remember? And you said they would only say it when they were amongst themselves. Yeah. And so I said pan ocha, and I explained to you what that meant. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> Life changing, right? Yeah. See, Tim and Jeff are not the only gentlemen that change lives around here, man. I, I just let, had that to let true. you know that they were By calling By the way, you. you have an early curfew for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Can I at least finish the podcast? Yeah, I guess. And That's just for those of you who are not aware, panocha is a slang word for vagina. And so he went from white bread to vagina in about 30 seconds, folks. You are what you eat. Yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> and uh, for me, I'll just share a little bit about myself, if you don't mind. Um, my my sobriety date is December twentieth, twenty twenty. My drug of choice was cocaine and and alcohol. Um, I'm a I'm in my fifteenth campaign out of UCLA Law School as a trial lawyer, and um, 
you know, there was a lot of bumps along the road and I turned, turned in the wrong direction and I started using a lot of coke and a lot of alcohol and abusing it severely and um, decided to change my life. And I checked into Muse on December the 19th, Detox in Culver City, which is also owned by Resurgence. And um, I've, been, I've been clean ever since and I will continue to be clean. Um, this this entire journey and process has truly changed my life, which is in large part why I'm here today with these guys. I wanted to make sure that we had a voice for, you know, just real, raw, unfiltered um, rehab stories, politics, uh, sports, uh, apparel and fashion. Um, even though we've suffered from substance use disorders it doesn't mean that we don't like clothes it doesn't mean that yeah, we don't yeah. like sports it doesn't mean that we don't like things and uh and at the end of the day um we also like to do it our way you know where we, we we joke around a lot it's very therapeutic for us at least it is for me and i'm blessed to be here jeff and tim uh, who run uh, dynamic virtual recovery are just freaking amazing human beings who have changed my life already and in, in just the bro. 90 days that i've been in this program and i've only had about a month with, with them just have taught me everything about being authentic me about you know feeling empowered and being just you know full of a, a greatness and a legacy that god intended all of us to leave in it and that's why we're here yeah it was like why are we and waiting trip, to get out bro. of rehab why are and we the... waiting to get out of rehab right we're gonna do a podcast we're gonna bring this motherfucker straight from the house <laughs> inside of the room this is the damn room we sleep in and those three beds right there and you know what there it's not pretty it's not anything but it's real yeah, no. uncut. Isn't it a trip, bro? You're a trial lawyer, right? Hell yeah. I am a trial lawyer, man. Yeah. Dude, yeah. what's the craziest dude that you've ever defended? Like, <laughs> Wow. I mean, wow. I was, before I went into private practice, I was a deputy public defender for L.A. County Public Defender's Office, the largest public defender's office in the United States. Oh, you're one of those. Like 900 trial lawyers there. Beautiful, man. There's very good lawyers there. Great lawyers. And, uh... I represented over 10,000 people in my time in the public defender's office. But when it goes to craziest, it's not necessarily the most violent because I've represented people accused of murder, accused of murder, accused. Yeah, right. And uh, rape, armed robbery. But the craziest person that like was way out on like cloud nine, it was, it was a man who um, he was charged with indecent exposure um, he would walk around the streets of LA and he would pull his penis out and he would jerk off in front of like women. He would, he would, he would ejaculate, you know, yeah, and, just um, roll up on them and just so tuck when, and rub. Yeah. And then like his entire reason for why he did it was because, um, he said that he would know who to do it in front of because, because he was Jesus Christ Oh, and, um, that Savior. he just heard a voice from, from God, his father. Um, Tell him to, to do it in front there. of that one. And it was crazy because he really meant it, you know? He was just insane. And uh, that guy really just was like, whoa, he's not playing. Like, he really means this. And that was one of the craziest individuals that I ever encountered. Did now, you get a not guilty off that one? That one didn't go to trial. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, I'm, I'm a great trial lawyer, but shit, even I can't make certain things happen. Right, you know? right. Like, if I did, I, I, could, I could walk on water without getting my shoes wet. But no, yeah, that's I have a lot of crazy stories like that. But um, right now, I'm just blessed to be here and be part of this, re, you know, reincarnation of my life and and to start the second chapter, the second half of uh, of the game. I'm 43 and 
and I feel like I'm 24, you know, like I feel awesome and, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. And, uh, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you, JT, and like some of that. Let's go back to prison, you know, what's going on you with wanna that? Know, you want to know why I originally went to prison? Yeah, what was up with that? Okay, like I went for first degree robbery and uh, I was with this chick, bro. We was in a stolen truck and uh, she was stealing gas. Well, when I come out of Walmart, this lady was behind her, and she's like, hey, this lady's chasing me. Anyway, I get into the truck, and we take off running. And uh, I get to the point, and I'm running through red lights, bro, and, and this chick is just on me, bro. Like, I look back, and she's got a kid in the back seat and everything, and she don't give a fuck, bro. She's just on me. Well, anyway, I pull over, and I get out, and she's on the phone. I can hear her talking to the cops. And when I'm walking up on her, I just, I don't know why I did it, bro. I just, I reached out, and I snatched the phone out of her hand. When the state of Oklahoma, they consider that robbery. Well, when I did it, I immediately knew I fucked up. You know what I mean? I tossed the phone, and by that time, I look over the hill, and the police are coming. So me and this chick, we just take off into the woods, bro. And there was a pond right there, and I dive off in this pond, and it had all kinds of trash in it, bro. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. How deep was the pond? <laughs> no, nah, listen, bro. <laughs> I dive off in this pond, bro, and there's all kinds of trash, and there's like a sonic straw, right? Well, I grab this straw, and I position myself to where I'll quit floating up. And I got that straw sticking out about that much, probably about a half inch out of the water. No, you're yeah, lying. Bro. You're and making I'm, this up. No, swear to God. And I'm trying to control my breathing because I've been up for like nine months. You know what I mean? And I'm, fucking, <laughs> and I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to like control my breathing, man, and like slow it down. And I finally get it to where I'm just breathing, dude. And I can hear them all around me. I can hear the radios. I can hear everything. <clears throat> and then the canine hops in the water. I guess he smelt my breath or something, bro. I don't know. So he had a, he had a sonic straw as well. No, bro. He fucking come in fucking John Wayne style, bro, and just jumped in the water. <laughs> so I immediately come up and I'm like, I give up, I give up. You know what I mean? And uh, that's how I got arrested for fucking first degree robbery. But the whole prison sentence, bro, um, dude, it was a it was a crazy, crazy ride, bro. When I went in my first year, dude, you know, prison people don't understand like. It's still like the 1950s in prison, you know what I mean? It's segregated. There's a lot of racism. I mean, it's just, you know, I was a white boy, you know? And so when you first come in, you get checked right out the gate, you know? They do you it. used to be white? Yeah, still am. <laughs> <laughs> Since 83, bro. And uh, you get checked right out the gate. They call it a heart check. You know, they take you in the cell and they fucking, they, they basically see if you're going to fight, you know what I mean? And if you don't fight, they send your ass out the door right then. So... Immediately right out the gate, dude, I was fucking scared, bro. I didn't know if this is what I wanted to do. You know, I'm like, I don't have a choice. I'm here for the next five years no matter what. And uh, it was just crazy, bro. I mean, I've got numerous stories. Long story short, I ended up being a, what they call the yard captain, bro. I was in charge of over a 1,000 white, white boys. And uh, I was the yard captain in the Aryan Brotherhood, which I'm no longer not. So, you know, let's jot that down. But uh, here you are kicking it with the Mexican. Yeah, bro. Because <laughs> that ain't my life no more. You know what I mean? Like, uh, man, I'm just truly blessed, bro. I mean, I could. There's so many of my friends in there, man, that are never coming home, you know, that are doing life sentences for just simple mistakes, bro. I mean, just just stupid stuff. You know what I mean? The rest of their life is gone. And then, you know, you got people like, I mean. <laughs> so what, what would be, let's just hypothetically say I ended up in prison. I've never been to prison other than to visit visit clients. So, obviously, being on the other side is a different experience completely other than walking in there with a suit and a briefcase. 
So what would a person like me, like, what would happen? Like, how well, would I survive? What I'll would be your you, advice? i tell you right now, the Mexicans run a very, very tight ship, you know, they are, but they also take care of their people the most, you know, when the, when the Mexicans come in, they immediately all get together and they take a sack around and they put, they put soap, they put food, they make sure every, the dude's got everything he needs right out the gate. They're a real tight ship, you know, they don't, they don't do drugs. And I mean, if you get out of line, you're going to get run down through there. I mean, it's, but you know, someone like you, it's not like you have to go to prison and gang bang. You know what I mean? You can go in there and just, you know, do what you want to do and, and just mind your own business, you know, but it's just depends on, you know, like when I went in, I, I, I wanted to be the top of the food chain, bro. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be a seal. I wanted to be a shark. And I had to do a whole bunch of dumb shit to get to that point. But I just felt like if uh, if I was at the top, bro, nobody was going to mess with me. You know what I mean? It's just a whole different environment, bro. It's, it's like a whole different set of rules, politics. I mean, you see some crazy shit going on. I mean, bro, my first day in there, so, I walked to the shower. So were you always on top? No, 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 okay. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Most <laughs> of the time. Yeah, nice. Tell me, yeah. tell me, what do you mean? Oh, you bro, walk listen. into the shower, what No, up? listen. Wait, listen. is that a gay prison joke? No, that oh. was, that was, <laughs> that, that, that was a straight <laughs> gay prison joke. Well, uh, speaking of something that was really gay, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Uh, I walked, first time I was walking to the shower, bro, I was, I look over, you know, and the showers are empty, and I'm brand new, and I, I want. Well, you don't get, really mean gay; you mean like street shocking or something like. Like that. yeah, like it was some homosexual stuff, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I walked up and and seen a dude had a shampoo bottle stuck up his ass. Yeah, bro. I immediately just cut a cookie and went right back to the cell. <laughs> and I asked my cellie, he was doing a life sentence. I was like, "What the fuck is that all about, dude?" And he said, "That's a punk." I said, "What's a punk?" He said that's a homosexual. Well, I didn't I didn't know nothing about that, bro. You know what I mean? But that wasn't what shocked me. What shocked me was the head and shoulders in his ass, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that was, that, and I guess apparently they stick head and shoulders in their ass to deuce their assholes out. Yeah. Think about that. Like before a date or something? Yeah, pretty much. I guess he was getting ready to host roll that night, you know what I mean? So so Damien, while you did, uh, you did some time as well, right? Did you ever see the shampoo bottle? Trip? No, I only no. did county time. I never. So you never had a mirror, to, so you could see the shampoo bottle. Nah, I never did. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit about your experience, Damien. Well, most of my time was just wine of time. I've never really done any decent amount of time. Like longest I ever did was six months on a probation <laughs> violation. Um, well, yeah, I'm on felony probation right now. I actually just got a text from my PO a couple of weeks ago that uh, he's talking to the courts, trying to get my cases closed, and, you know, it's just another blessing in my life. But, yeah, I mean, the same way he talks about prison, that's kind of how it is in the Orange County Jail out here. You know, you go to 550 North Flower, and you go through the loop, and, you know, that takes anywhere from 16 hours to two days you don't really know what time it is except for shift change and when they bring you your sack nasties and sack uh, nasties bro yeah yeah <laughs> fucking and uh what was it fridays was always egg day so you could trade your eggs and cheese for like a sopa which was pretty sick for a sopa for a sopa Sopita panecito. <laughs> but um you know i was never really high power like fucking jt was over here you know i mean 
you go in and it's segregated. Like I said, you know, it's not really like white boys sleep with white boys and Mexicans sleep with Mexicans. Like we all have an assigned rack, but you know, we only program together. There's certain benches you sit on. There's certain showers that you go shower in. There's certain phones that you use. But other than that, it's not really. Were you going through uh, <clears throat> uh, withdrawals uh, at any time when you were when you were in? Oh yeah, definitely. Like your first. 48 to 72 hours are the worst, you know, they, uh, they don't make you start getting up and like working out until after like three days. Cause there's like chores and stuff you need to do. You know, we try to keep our areas clean and that's something that, you know, I've kind of taken into uh, my life on the outside is just keeping my area clean, having respect for where you live. So what was it like to go through withdrawals in jail, man? Um, I mean, you're pissing out your ass and fucking throwing up, um, Sometimes it's bad. I mean, it kind of depends on the run you're on. Like, if I get arrested, I'm usually kind of on the ass end of my run. I'm usually, like, homeless, sleeping on the streets, like, not really getting that much dope, like, not really doing too much. So, it's usually not that bad. But the first you're with, time... You're withdrawing off heroin, right? Yeah. Okay. Heroin and speed, mostly. Um, now, the first time I ever got arrested... It was horrible. I was, like, 19 years old, and I didn't know anything about, like, how you're supposed to program. Like, I didn't know that when you get off your rack, you're not supposed to walk around on your socks. Like, I was yeah, getting... Yeah, you got to have them shoes on, bro. got to have yeah. them shoes on. I was, uh, I was getting taken to the wall on a regular basis, you yeah. know, but... And what he's talking about is, bro, like, you always got to have your shoes on just in case anything ever jumps off. If you get caught in your slippers, like, I don't know how it is out here in Cali, but we call it back in Oklahoma is uh, taking someone to court. If if you get caught without having your shoes on, you got to go in the back room and three white boys are going <clears> to <throat> jump in and you got to get in there and get your ass whooped. It's kind of like a discipline thing. You know, we call it going to court. Yeah. We call it going to the wall. Going to the wall. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. in the Theo Lacey facility, there's multiple different cubes and then there's HQ, which is out of the ways of the cameras and the bubbles. So the sheriffs can't see you and you go in between two racks and you and, only get beat up by like yeah. two white boys. But like if we know shit's about to pop off, like... We usually like get down in our boxers and with no socks on or anything. And, and, so and people people grip. don't realize, man, like it, like in prison, that, like they see bloody eyes, you know, black eyes, and and, and a fight. It, it's just never mentioned, dude. The cops don't care, you know. Just as long as you're not getting metaflighted out of there, it's just kind of like the law, you know. Like nobody says anything. Everybody keeps themselves. You keep your fucking mouth shut, and it's it just goes on like normal. I mean, prison and prison and jail, county jail is the worst, man. And oh, it's yeah. just it's just violent, bro. It's just I mean The sheriffs tell you to beat your own people up yeah, if they're acting I mean, out it's line. A, like, it's a fucking place you don't want to be, bro. You don't want to be. I mean, it's it's a whole different whole different mindset, everything, man. Yeah. So I'm assuming that was part of your reason to come out to California and start start yeah, fresh. Bro, a whole new life. And I mean, uh I just needed I needed a whole change of scenery, bro. I knew what I was doing. I knew I was gonna go back to prison. I was selling large amounts of methamphetamine that was, you know, provided by what I call the brothers back home. You know, I mean, if 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 you're a patch holder, if you're a brother, all you got to do is make a call and then it's given to you, basically. You know what I mean? And I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew I was going to come back to prison and I was just tired of living that life, man. I was tired of my 17 year old son coming over and looking at me and just, you know, disappointment, bro. Like, I mean, I broke his heart my whole life, you know. He's been a great kid, and I just I was just tired of disappointing him. I was tired of disappointing myself, bro, because I know, like, I'm 90 days clean now. I'm hitting the gym every day, bro. I'm on a fucking podcast right now. Like, it's just, 
the the opportunities that are coming towards me are just endless, bro. And I mean, I'm just truly blessed to be where I'm sitting right now. I mean, something that we've learned with Jeff and Tim is uh, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Acquire what you admire. That's right. You know what I mean? Speaking uh, of that a little bit, let's talk a little bit about the Not Guilty Ink hat that you that you're rocking today. Yeah. That, that shit looks yeah. sweet. It looks yeah. fresh. There's yeah. a little self, it's, self plug. Yeah, bro. It's, it's something that... Uh, me and AV right here, we're coming up with, bro. It's uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna be doing hoodies, we're gonna be doing uh, hats. I mean, pants, bro. We're gonna, it's gonna open up, man. I think it's gonna, some people are gonna really like it, bro, because it can go to all, all looks of life. You know what I mean? You know, not just, you know, you're not guilty for wearing this. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to feel guilty about anything. You know, that's right, and it also goes along with. Uh it's a very it's a very dynamic phrase. It, yeah, it, 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 can, it means something different to each person that rocks it. You know, mm-hmm. some people it's like I beat the fucking case, not guilty. Bam. Not guilty, baby. Uh, other people it wasn't me. You know, then she caught me in the shower. It wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and for other people, uh, as, and and this was uh, one of my things is like besides the trial stuff, I've been blessed by God to have the talent to represent people in a way where I've had a tremendous success in trial throughout my career. I've won over 90% of the verdicts that have gone against my, uh, of the verdicts that have been rendered by juries um, and murders and rapes and robberies and armed robberies and all kinds of stuff. But to me now more than any, at any time, the not guilty ink hat and logo and phrase means I'm just not guilty of having the shame and 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 the torment of my addiction um because now like we're you know life is movement and we're moving forward and you know i'm grateful actually for the struggle yeah because without the sure, struggle bro. there's no progress yeah, you know absolutely. and uh those 10 years of 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 being caught in the chains and bondage of my addiction um only make this moment possible it's what led me to this moment to be here with you guys to be part of this program to put together this new, uh, these new lenses, so I see the world differently than I've ever seen it before, and I start and and I really love the authentic version of me that doesn't need to be on cocaine, that doesn't need right. to be smoking weed, that doesn't need to to you know have two fifths vodka every night and and two grams of cocaine. You know what I mean? So it, it was that your DOC? And when I say DOC, I'm talking about drug of choice. Is that was that your DOC? Was cocaine and alcohol yeah and you know i always say and i guess it really doesn't matter but i would always say it's alcohol alcohol is the problem because i i never did lines if i wasn't buzz you know what i mean it right. was like but it, it there's still it, it's one in the same you know i never i'd have a couple of drinks get buzz um and all of a sudden it was like i mean at it got to the point where we weren't calling the connect because we had, you know, I had ounces of cocaine on me at all times. You know, my house had turned into the party house. I had gone through a divorce. Oh, bro, and I bet you defended, like, multiple drug dealers. Uh, yeah, not not as many as as other people. I kind of stay away from uh, the yeah. drug dealers a little bit. Uh, I, I like to sleep with both eyes closed, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> And so that's kind of one of the uh, one of the areas of criminal law that I've stayed away from. Um, but anything else, man, you kill somebody, you whack somebody, you yeah. rob a bank, you know, call AV justice. Call man. AV justice. You don't bro. want any any or any just any justice. You want yeah. AV justice. <laughs> so and now it's sober. So shit, watch out, world. <laughs> you know, here I come. I mean, I feel amazing, and uh, it's it's an extraordinary feeling to be part of this goddamn program. Yeah. Look at what it made us do. Like we went out, and within a couple of days. We, yeah. we purchased 
fucking studio and yeah. all this stuff and and um, it's crazy ain't it bro and here we are man in rehab we're sitting in our fucking bedroom yeah. and we when we get done with this we have to go and take meds <laughs> and our vitals and we gotta and go we, ua and we got yeah. a ua and then he we holds got a 10 it. o'clock yeah and, we got a 10 o'clock car for you i get to go back to my mom's house I'm, <laughs> I'm a good 26 year old drug addict how does it feel though for you damien for example you're sitting here with jt and myself, and I mean, I'd like to believe we're friends now, um, right? <laughs> I mean, we'll see how my court case goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't take that tramp stamp with my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that one's a lifer. But how does it feel like, you know, you definitely were staff here when I arrived, so it's kind of, is it kind of a trip for you to be sitting here, like, having a good time, talking about serious yet? having some humor regarding our rehabilitation process and, and the adventure we've been on with guys that are like clients? I mean, yeah, of course it feels good. You know, I mean, the main thing like within my sobriety and what I've seen in other people's sobriety is just like the connection and the fellowship, whether it's AA, NA, Refuge Recovery, like, you know, I've done like a little studying and it doesn't matter like what program you're really in. Like as long as you stay connected to a fellowship you know, consistently within your first year, it doesn't matter what you do, like your support group, like the percentages of success, if you really stay consistent with it, you know, are basically one and the same, um, you know, and that's just like connection for me. I mean, I just, I have good, like great times with people nowadays, you know, like I don't see you guys as clients. Like I see you guys as friends. I can just come up here and like shoot the shit with you guys and, you know, like, when it comes to, like, me and work, like, I don't really care, like, who I'm talking to. Like, I am always, like, authentically, like, myself. I speak my mind. Like, I put my opinion in. And if people don't like it, then that's on them, you know? I mean, I still try and keep it as professional as possible, at least with work. But, yeah, just having this connection, like, seeing you guys and seeing, like, the men that you guys have become in just, like, the short time that you're here. Especially this guy. <laughs> well, he's not wearing a skirt to start with, so he's yeah, definitely come true. a long way. Yeah. I quit two weeks before I got out now, of jail, so. I want to see if you remember this. I want to share this story. <clears throat> uh, there was oh, a God. night that I was out, and uh, I was visiting um, I was visiting some folks, some person. Or we'll just leave it at that. And uh, when I came back, I was a little bit late on curfew. Just a little bit. You know, nothing big, but... In the spirit of full disclosure, uh, you were on the night shift that night, and I, I came to knock on your door. You remember that night? I do, and you tickled my toe. <laughs> but no, wait a minute. So, wait, what? Uh, well, wait, wait. <laughs> my toe. <laughs> uh, well, I did do, but I tickled the entire, the entire foot. Too. Top, yeah. The entire yeah. foot. Yes, top to yeah. bottom, bottom yeah. top. Yeah. It, I went both ways. I stroked it both ways. Nice. And um, He I, does that in his personal life, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an amateur fucking tickler. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> I went into your room because I was like, hey, you want to BAC me? I'm back, remember? And you were like, he was making these, he was like laying in bed and every time that I would tell him something, he just wouldn't move. So he, his big ass foot was sticking out from the <laughs> fucking little twin size fucking mattress or whatever it is that he was sleeping on. And I seen his dirty ass foot and I was just, Panacito. Says more about you that you touched my foot. And I was like, Panacito. And every time I would like tickle him, he would go like this. He'd do like a biting motion, like, and I was like, "Oh shit, this guy's liking it, dude." And then finally, he just he just gets up and he's like, "How's your girlfriend? Was your girlfriend fine? Is she was she was okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Go to sleep. I don't need to be AC." <laughs> it was it was fucking hilarious, dude. When you were like, 
<laughs> do you remember the doing like going through those biting motions? No, I don't. Oh, shit. No. I, thought you, I thought you liked me. You neither confirm Fuck. nor deny that these <laughs> events happen. But awesome, man. So where are you working at now? I work from home now, you know. It's like another great opportunity is like this company trusts me enough to just like sit at home and work. I just recently like bought a computer, so I got like two screens that do admissions and alumni work. So Speaking of that, bro, thanks for getting me in here. No problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damien's the one that got me in here, bro. He got me out of L.A. and got me over here with Tim and Jeff. Yeah, appreciate that all. Just, like, you know, the multiple people I've seen, like, go through Tim and Jeff's groups and, like, really start to apply the principles and, like, you know, the curriculum that they teach in their life. Like, you know, I've never seen anything like it in my multiple, multiple trips to many different rehabs in the L.A. and Orange County area, like... I don't know what they're doing. The only way I can explain it is they're doing God's work, you know? <clears throat> yeah, and like, you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, this is my second rodeo. I, ha- I had a rehab stint in 2017, 18. And, um, you know, I stayed sober for, stayed clean for a little bit. And then, you know, I relapsed eventually. And um, I was starting to get to that point in my life. I went on another, like, three, four-year run and... I was drinking um, two-fifths of vodka and doing cocaine like every day. And I just couldn't stop because I would go into severe withdrawals, man. Dry heaving, sweating, trembling. My anxiety was going off the walls. I thought the I, I used to tell everyone my world, my life sucked. I had my 25-year-old nephew living with me because I had just divorced and stuff. And he's living at my house in West L.A. and he's like, the fuck are you stupid or what uncle like your life sucks you're a fucking lawyer you have a mercedes you have you have all these things you fucking never leave the house dude you drink and you do coke every day and you still make money but i my life did suck right. in retrospect it really sucked man i was i was so miserable in 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 my addiction and in the bondage that i was experiencing it was just a terrible experience and when i when i decided this time that it was just time to I was I was starting to give up and I was starting to like normalize the the, the entire fucking thing and, and just thinking that look, I just have to face it and I have to fucking just do it. You know, I have to I have to do it right. Like I I need to do cocaine with proper form. And we're back. <laughs> All right. So remember this is being produced from rehab, folks. Yeah, bro. This is like a, this is our first time. This is like a little trial run. I think we're fucking doing good. Fucking man. trial run. This is yeah. the real deal. This is the All this was verdict. bought, none of it was stolen. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, bro, kinda going off what you were saying, bro. Like I like I was in complete fucking denial, man. Like I really thought like I was all right. You know what I mean? Well, I actually thought I actually had already kind of reached the th- the threshold of the conclusion that I was just going to have to drink and do coke forever, but that I had to do it better, quote unquote. Like, I remember my first time in rehab, this crazy Charles Manson looking motherfucker that was my roommate at at, at a hospital, Southern California Hospital in Culver City, sixth floor. They have a detox motherfucking unit in there, man. You talk about humility, dude. It was just like, like, fuck, like straight. And I always used to go there for detox runs because it would humble my ass to the core. Like, I can't believe I ended up here. You know, I have a multi-million dollar house down the street. But look at what kind of an asshole I am that I end up here. And once when I was like, I, I'm going to quit. And during, a, during an AA group at the hospital, 
this one dude comes over to me, man, my roommate. This motherfucker had been falling on the floor for like four days. Dude, like a fucking fish out of water. Cool ass fool, but man, pulls me off to the side and he's like, hey, man, let me talk to you, Antonio. Let me talk to you. And I was like, what's up? We're like by the vending machine and shit. And he goes, man, you don't need to be a quitter, man. You're not a quitter. What you need to do is you need to do it with proper form, professionalism, and sexy. And he goes, and then you walk away, baby. You walk away. And man, it was fun. first of all, man, I was like, fuck, I'm over here saying I'm going to quit at a fucking meeting, eh? an NA meeting at the hospital. And this motherfucker's like, nah, man, you ain't a quitter, foe. But I was starting to believe that narrative that, like, I just needed to learn to do it classy, you know? That's how hopeless I was getting in terms of, like, who I had become. And my parents were, like, just dying of anxiety. And everyone is like, fuck. Like, it, it was just horrible, man. I was in a fucking, I was having psychosis every night thinking that the Italian mob was coming to get me. I've never even fucking met anybody from the Italian mob. Not that at least I know about, you know? I didn't, and, not, and I didn't crazy. know who was coming, but they were on their way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I used to not, I, I got to the point where I didn't leave my house in West L.A. for, like, two years, two and a half years. Like, I left, like, I would leave once in a while, but just to, like, be a passenger in a car to go to the fucking liquor store. It's called Sunshine Liquor Store on Pico Boulevard and Genesee Avenue in L.A. And I would go to that liquor store. The fucking, I, I think I, I fucking made that guy record profits one year. Um, <laughs> it was to the point where the fucking, the, the paisa, the Latino man that works there, the homie, he would always just be like, are you sure, eh? Like, like, man, you know you fucking up when they're not wanting to sell you alcohol, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Now, the Korean owner, he wanted to say, motherfucker didn't give a fuck, but <laughs> he would always say, hey. But the, the, the Hispanic dude was always like, hey, man, you know, you know, and I'd be like, no, I know, man, like maybe tomorrow and shit. And then I'd show up to the next day, man, and then I start a postmating shit, started fucking postmates. Oh, you can postmate? Like, oh. And guess no, who you can't. Well, I I know what you mean. I'm just saying. I didn't no, know no, you could like do that. Postmates, bro. I would like they just roll up and bring you a fifth. Like hell, fucking yeah. Wicked, bro. And then the and then and then in West LA where I was staying, I'm a UCLA grad, so I settled in the, on the West Side. You know, even though I'm from Southgate, represent Southgate Linwood in the house, folks. <laughs> That's where I'm originally from. But uh, middle class Huntington Beach. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but trip out, man. West LA, <clears throat> man. You order Postmates, and you should see the women that show up to drop. Are it they off. BAD? Yeah. Ooh, dopamine 200, baby. Dopamine 200, man. They're, they're just straight like, woo, man. It's just amazing, amazing to me. I used to sit there, chop it up with them, give them like $100 tips and just, you know, try to reel them in, man. It was it was crazy. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was, uh, put it this way, at the end, for the last eight months, I wasn't even postmating anymore because I met a guy who was like a, supposedly like an uber driver but he wasn't really an uber driver that was a front he drives a loop around la and he gets dispatched 24 hour alcohol delivery to your house at any time and coke what yeah so like you call the main line you call yeah fucking yeah i did dude (laughs) like i put his kid through college i'm sure dude like you get this number to like a dispatch center. 
Right. And then you're like, hey, I need this and this and that. And then they call one of their drivers that's closest on their loop around the town. And then if the cops pull them over, they're supposedly Uber drivers. Yeah. And they have the app, and the they're platform. And Postmates dropping below, huh? And, and they have fucking in the trunk. They have a whole bar. And, and then you just, he pulls up at three in the morning, four in the morning, alcohol sales in, in, in California end at 2 a.m. Right. So four in the morning when you're fucking starting to twitch and shit because the fucking vodka's all out and you're starting to go in through withdrawals <laughs> and shit, you call the fucking Uber driver and he brings you the fucking vodka and cocaine. It was sick, man. It was such a vicious cycle. But you know what? I, I Again, I'll repeat. This program that I'm in, Dynamic Recovery Solutions with Jeff and Tim, man. And I'm not doing this for them. This is not a commercial for them. It's just a commercial for me and the and the transformation that we've had, the reincarnation we've had because of their message, you know, learning the science behind our addiction, learning learning about dopamine, oxytocin, GABA, you know, all this stuff that we need to learn to regulate yeah. and understand to have self-mastery over our, yeah. like, body and mind yeah, bro, and stuff. I, I just thought I liked to get high. Yeah. You know, and I had no idea that's not what it was. Right. You know, the reality is that we're not addicted to alcohol or cocaine. Oh, we're addicted to the feeling it masks yeah. or the we're feeling it gives us. Emotions that come along with yeah, it. Yeah. You know so I mean? it wasn't just getting high. You know, it was it was the emotions that we related to when, you know, we got high. So we got to address those motherfuckers and, you know, deal with them, process yeah, them, well, meditate, do all kinds of shit in order yeah. to just, you know, address those uh, childhood yeah. traumatic yeah. experiences so that we can rewrite the software, man, so that we can go forward yeah. like. Damien said so eloquently at the beginning, like gentlemen, man. Yeah. Like, you know. You gotta you gotta reprogram your brain, bro. You gotta you, it's a whole new you gotta set some standards, man. You gotta set some standards and you can't break them for nobody. You know, start to forgive. You know, first of all, you gotta forgive yourself. You know, I forgive myself for being a drug addict for fifteen years, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm finally am forgiving myself and moving forward. Yeah, man. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you did the best you could under the circumstances at the time. Right. At the right. time, you didn't know about the neuroscience behind addiction. Yeah. You didn't understand. You, didn't, you, you weren't learning about what this disease is. You were just stuck in the darkness. Right? Right. Like, oh, you're helpless over it. You, you right. have a genetic defect, and you're helpless over the whole damn thing. But it's amazing when you finally get the tools to yeah. figure it out. Like, it's just like opening up a new book, bro. And the why. Yeah. Like why am I like this? See, yeah. I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person who needs to know why. Right. Like don't just tell me, yeah. you know, it's fucking this is the investment you should make in this fucking company. Trust me, motherfucker, just invest everything in it. Right. No, motherfucker, tell me why. <laughs> because I need to understand the reasons behind the motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um and these guys have put more than fuck. They put all the whys. They they explain everything to you. They explain to you the the biology, the physiology, the psychology, the 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 everything, man. It's amazing what these guys have done for my life. And I know you you, you feel the same way, and you feel the oh, same absolutely. way, Damien. No, I mean, sure. you, you see them personally, like I mean, and I'm the kind of I'm look, man. I graduated UCLA magna cum laude, top ten percent of my class went to the UCLA School of Law. I'm a badass fucking <clears throat> lawyer. So. It, it's usually kind of a high-ass bar for somebody to walk in the room and for me to be like, oh, shit, yeah, these right. motherfuckers are the real deal or this woman is the real fucking deal. And, man, the first time I met Jeff, 
I knew it. I was like, this motherfucker's a badass motherfucker. Let me pull out a fucking notepad <laughs> and let me start taking notes again because school is back in session. Yeah. And I've been fucking soaking it up ever since. And Tim is just as incredible. And Sheree, who's also part of uh, a facilitator, Sheree, uh, on on the on the on the platform on the IOP that we're a part of, she's fucking phenomenal as well. And I I I thank God every fucking night, every fucking morning, and sometimes before lunch. But you know, I sometimes yeah. have to get to lunch before fucking our engineer does because yeah. then there won't be any for me. <laughs> fucking Tito, no, I'm just fucking with you, wow. Tito. Nah, we're fucking around. But uh, you see, that boy's a big boy, six five, yeah, man. Fucking corn fed, six five, motherfucker. That's a big boy right exactly. there. I'm just big, glad. Big boy status. I got uh, chocolate milk, baby. Chocolate milk. Chocolate baby. milk, baby. <laughs> that's, that's what. Hey, that's what. That's what uh, Valentino says, bro. When like everything's all good, it's chocolate milk, baby. Chocolate like, milk. Is that yeah. a Chicago thing yeah. or what? Yes. Yeah, it's just a Chicago Valentine thing. thing. Right there. <laughs> yeah. It's a Tino thing he said He'll be joining us too He was just Today was just his day to engineer But he's gonna be a voice on this show He's he's an essential component of this entire thing That we're putting together yeah. here And that we're moving forward with yeah. And we're gonna be doing this podcast every day Yes sir So you guys subscribe to the channel And you know Just check it out bro We're just gonna be telling stories about Just life man So what platforms are you guys going to be on? Are you guys doing YouTube, TikTok, Instagram? What's going on? Yeah, we're going to to be doing all of it. We're going to be putting this out on YouTube. And uh, Our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is Not Guilty. Not not Guilty Inc. Inc. I-N-C. Yeah. Like incorporated, not ink like a tattoo. Not Guilty Inc. And uh, look out for... We'll we'll, we'll, we'll be providing information. We have apparel. we We have clothing. Uh, Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. We have Instagram. Yeah. We have TikTok, and uh, we're gonna just be, you know, we're gonna, gonna, this thing's gonna blow up. Crazy ass stories, man. It's gonna, and you know what? In raw, real shit. Yeah. You know, like straight, real life. Like I mean, you come know? on, man. How much more real does it get? We're in the motherfucker right now. Yeah. We're in rehab right yeah. fucking now. Like I'm sure the fucking med guy's fucking wondering, doing yeah. his rounds. Yeah, we're supposed to be going down there doing. right now, getting our vitals so, taken. You know He's gonna what? tell me my blood pressure's high. Great first show, guys. Yeah, bro. Damien, yeah, for me be part of it. Damien, how much notice did you have you were going to be part of this shit? Yeah, no, hey, Damien just kind of rolled up at the right time. How much time bro. you I have? Did, dude. How much? God's work right there. Yeah. 30 uh, seconds? Well, I fucking made some teriyaki chicken. That's what's quick. up, though, bro. He just threw the fucking, you know, he threw the headset on was like, dude, I'm down. Shit, he has a bowl of teriyaki chicken like down here. Like, sitting over here getting cold, yeah. bro. We dragged we told, his ass yeah. from dinner, and we're like, you're the first guest on the Not Guilty Ink podcast. But, folks, thank you for joining us. Thank you, JT. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Big Tino back there. Big Tino. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. This shit's only going to get better. This is just our kickoff show. And we're going to keep doing this from from straight from fucking rehab here in Hermosa House. Rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, not incarceration. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Uh, you. Have a good night. And look out for us tomorrow with another show, folks. Good night, everyone. Peace.